Okay. Well, welcome to our podcast. We're still um, here and we're still working our way through John. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Well, it's um, a bit of a rainy day today. It's been really rainy. So we're it's huddled not a good in cycling next, day. next to the radiator mm-hmm. with a warm cup of tea. I'll just take a little sip. Um, appreciating something of the passage of John. Mm-hmm. Um, other big news, family news, what's been going on? We had the drama. We had some drama this week. Yeah, we did. We did have some drama. We had the drama of the lost AirPod. Yeah. Um, our teenage son wore one AirPod yeah. out on his bike uh, and subsequently dropped it. Uh, and then uh, we all kind of tried to find it. And it was the first day he decided that perhaps wearing an AirPod cycle would be a good idea. And unfortunately, it was not a good idea. <laughs> um, and, and kind of the horror story of if you take them to school, you'll lose them kind of got fulfillment day mm-hmm. one. But it was a bit like the lost coin, um, just walking up and down a grass verge, trying to find a little white AirPod yep. that um, seemingly was lost. An AirPod being a... Oh, an earphone. A so a little um, a head pe- a uh, wireless... Wireless headphone. Headphone. Um, you get two of them, you put one in each other each year. If you lose them... Um, and seemingly the app didn't seem to know where it was. No one could find it. And now I suspect it's damp and in a hole somewhere. Down a drain. I think it's down a drain because we looked for a good half an hour <laughs> each. Toby looked for a, a probably an hour um, and it was not to be found. So the lost AirPod, that's our family story of the week. Yeah, now it was a shame because if we were also talking about the parable of the lost coin. That would have been coin, really apt, wouldn't it? Um, that would be really awesome, whereas yeah. right now we have no connection to no. our week's experience. It's just, that's what happened. We lost an AirPod, and apparently you can buy, we bought one AirPod. Yeah, you um, can get a replacement. We got a replacement, so um So all is not work. lost. All is not lost. Um, there are ways through things. Anyway, that's enough sidetracked. Um, so we're we're in John. I, I think it's a really in interesting passage. I did register on Sunday just how hard these passages are for Diana to do a Diana and Clive yeah, video against because the the themes are a little bit abstract, um, not always clear. I think it's fine when you do you know I think you know walking on water, yep. in the five thousand yep. Samaritan woman. They're all kind of really dramatic stories, and um, we do get into quite a bit. I mean, this goes on. There's quite a lot of. Mm. And yet she does fantastic. She did. Who would, who did we have? We so had we have Clarissa. Clarissa. We met Clarissa this made week. An appearance. Little tiny baby Clarissa. And hands um, heads off to um, Diana for doing the whole two-handed puppet thing. So she had one on one hand, one on the other, and she was in the middle. No, Clive was there and Clarissa was there. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just got <laughs> confused there. Yes. So it was Diana and two. No, absolutely. I don't know how she did it. <laughs> it was pretty seamless. And Jakey's face when another orangutan appeared um, was a picture. Yes, it was. <laughs> he was suddenly captivated again. Um, so kind of application-wise, um, it's uh, an interesting kind of reflection um, on the application to the passage. And we had a couple of things, really, um, that was evident. And the first one is, did Jesus change his mind because that seems mm. how it comes across yes so we've got um after his brothers had left for the festival jesus also went though secretly staying out of public view 
So he starts by saying that he's not going to go, that yeah. it's not the right time for him to go, and then he does go. So yeah. did he change his mind, or had he always planned to go? Um, Just didn't want to go with his family. But he didn't want to go with his family, he didn't want to go with a crowd, mm. which is interesting. So I remember um, back in college, there was a, a whole module on, I think, or a whole section on does God change his mind yeah it's an interesting one isn't it because we i think we like the idea that god's unchanging and he mm. doesn't change um but here we have either a either he does mm-hmm. uh, and is okay with that mm-hmm. and john records it in a way that and it, it's hard from scripture to really yes pin it either way and to be honest that feels like i say that all the time in scripture <laughs> yeah it's that it is hard to pin it down because it could be yeah or it could just be a uh, a poetic way of explaining why he wanted to wait till halfway through the festival and then make an appearance, mm-hmm. why he maybe he didn't want this triumphant entry coming in and raising concerns. Um, but also, it legitimately could be that he wasn't going. He yeah. said he wasn't going to go. He changed his mind. He went yeah. anyway. Um, and are, are we okay with that? Are we okay with God if he changes his mind? What did your um, lecturer say? That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. So we're going back some... You've got a good memory, though. 18 years or something. I think... Now, when we did it, it was all to do with Abraham um, trying to change God's mind. Okay. um, And plead. And plead. Yeah, okay. um, For Sodom. Sodom oh, okay. and Gomorrah yeah. okay. um, to be saved um, and God and Abraham pleads and he gets Lot out Lot yeah, okay. is so there's is a compromise given. so did God did he change his mind mm. or did he not um, it it seems I think overall the idea was that um, God while sovereign allows his mind to be mm, changed okay. so he allows an interaction with us mm. he gives space for that he gives space for an interaction with his people yeah, in okay. which there can be a planned event but we have the ability to talk into that and mm. that mind can Cause be it's changed because actually being flexible and changing your mind is a positive thing mm. being too inflexible and never changing your mind is not necessary so when i was thinking just as a parent i mean we change our mind all the time i mean i do a yeah. u-turn pretty always laugh when it's kind of the government does a u-turn it's like i've done about six yeah just absolutely today with parenting yeah. it's like no you can't do that no no they say something but okay, dad no you make a good point that's fine yep. and uh, <laughs> and that happens all the time we change our mind and we've been watching the apprentice with the boys <coughs> yes. and they look at leadership and it's it's kind of said if the leader or one who's leading the group changes mind that that's a weakness that listening mm. and then adapting and change is a bad thing but actually in in leadership it's a very good thing yeah if it's done in the right context just having this bullish yeah. no no i'm not listening to anyone we're going to do this mm. stuff everyone um so being flexible to be open to hearing yeah people and there's something about prayer isn't it you know, we pray with the hope that our petitions to God will bring about change. Mm-hmm. Now, do we believe that's bring about change in ourselves? Or do we believe that actually our fervent prayers change God's 
mind towards yeah. what's going on. So we pray for Ukraine and the war. Are we praying that God might intervene uh, or God might change the course mm. um, rather than leaving it as it was? So it's a really complex it is complex one and um theologically it takes you down some interesting and i i really think it's something that um you cannot hope to get an answer to you cannot hope to understand you can spend many many hours looking at all sources of scripture and you can um study what the theologians have said i think ultimately um God is still too big for us to understand yeah. and his ways are not our ways. Mm. And so it it comes across as, yes, sometimes he changes his mind yeah. and sometimes he doesn't. He, um, you know, and what do we, what do we make with that? Well, mm. we make, I'm not going to get an answer. No. And I think, you know, there is no definitive, um, but there's, there's things, you know, God, God's sovereign, God sees all, um, so there's something down that line that says, well, if he knows mm. everything and knows all, then um, is it really changing his mind if mm-hmm. you know he adapts to something of our relationship with him? Or um, so it's um, yeah, it is an interesting and one. What happened here? Did Jesus go away and pray? Yeah. Did God change Jesus's mind? Did yeah. he spend time with his father and was Insane. told to go? Um, unfortunately, we're not we're not no. going to know. The answer is not here. But the other thing I just just came to is that this is a really low point for Jesus, isn't it? The passage mm. before everyone's deserted him, and then it's this big. Now let's go and celebrate. And is there something of that? No, he needed some time just to process what had happened. Yeah, because it does. The passage before was pretty brutal. Everyone left, you know, apart from the few. Yeah. Um. So it's like, was is that what he wanted to happen? And it's like living with a disappointment of, oh, they still just don't get it. And how mm. can I be around these people if they can't get it? And no, I'm not going with you. I'm staying here. Mm-hmm. And then, a, oh, actually, you know, a movement there to then engage with it in a different way. I don't, there's something mm-hmm. interesting going on. Um, here. But there seems to be something of Jesus setting his own pace. And mm. I l- I, that's mm. what I really like and what I really take from the text, regardless yeah, of okay. whether he changed his mind or not. He refuses to be pushed yeah. by his brothers. He refuses to be um, told what to do and coerced mm. or f- forced or in any way kind of shimmied along. He does what he believes is the right action. Mm. He holds fast and then he changes course. Mm. But that he is in control at all of these points that at no point is he being pushed into so he didn't um he didn't change course and go to the festival because somebody else persuaded him he did it on his own terms and i think there is a degree to which we should be acting like this Mm. we should um know our own mind and uh, prayerfully consider things know what god has for us do that thing or don't do that thing Mm. more importantly don't do that thing and i think sometimes we allow kind of um others or our own anxieties to push us along a certain route Mm. to continue acting in a way that is not sensible but we act that way anyway often because of peer pressure Mm. or internal pressures and when we do much better to wait to wait on god to stop to not be pushed along and then to act when the time is right to act. 
it's kind of that tyranny of the urgent, isn't it? You yeah. Know, you, you kind of respond to the urgent. And if you're not careful, you live your life responding to the firefighting, the urgent. But it was also, I think, there's a tyranny of the opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. And they get you this with sales pitches, don't they? You know, yeah. buy it now, you know, or you'll miss out. Or, you know, this kind of, it's got to be now. This is the opportunity. Yes. You've got to do it. And I yeah. think in life, we can succumb to the tyranny of the opportunity that yeah. someone's someone else's agenda is that they've given us an opportunity mm-hmm. and, uh, and then you feel forced to I think it's called FOMO fear of missing out yeah it's kind of a little um, bit that, that as well, you kind it? of you act because you don't want to miss out you you go along with what yeah. what you've been encouraged to go along with and it can become very controlling can't it mm. you know it's like well if I miss this opportunity or I miss this chance um what comes up and um Jesus was able to step out of that and not allow that sort of pressure. And um, just because we him. can do something doesn't mean that we should yeah. do it. Um. Yeah, and I think there's loads of things in life that... And I do think I, I think marketing companies get this. They they totally understand. They they can push our buttons on this. Um, you know, that you're... You know, you will miss this opportunity and, uh, you know, whether that's a sales pitch when you're buying a new car or mm. something that's like, if you don't do it now, you'll regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, and was there something here? It's like, well, you know, Jesus should have gone, but, you know, and then decided to step back and, and take some time to process it. Mm. So it's an interesting one. I think the other bit you um, you were talking, we had a little chat, um, pre-podcast briefing. <laughs> very loose pre-podcast briefing. On my post-it notes, I've got about perceptions of who Jesus is. You thought a little bit about that, about how he's perceived by people uh, in different ways. You're looking at me blankly. You did say that. Yes, I know I said that, but now I've got lost in another discussion. And, and how it's the same today, people perceive him in different ways. Oh, okay, I've got there it. Go. There we go. Oh, the pennies dropped. talking long enough, you would remember. Um, yes, in that we've got... Um, I can read the verse. It said, There was a lot of discussion about him among the crowds. Some said, He's a wonderful man, while others said, He's nothing but a fraud, deceiving the people. And I just thought very much how that's exactly the same today. So we're going back a passage, aren't we? So that's la- not this week's, but last week's, but it's still, it, they're very connected. And I think your point is really No, this was Sundays. Uh, no, because we did the teaching at the, ta- at the festival. Yeah, and it comes... uh, Is it because I'm reading another Bible? Oh, uh, yeah. So we introduced your new Bible. Okay. So I'm working currently through um, the New Living Translations Touchpoint Bible. There we go. A gift from... Um, Lisa Perry. Yes. And I'm really, really enjoying this Bible. But it means that I don't have the same breaks in the text that the NIV has. There we go. So that's caused confusion. But the whole thing is connected. And it's arbitrary where they've made the made the disconnect but anyway your point is valid and i've sidetracked you okay now i want to get my other bible out but <laughs> by which point i'll have no hand to move the no. microphone so but this um, idea that perceived people perceived him differently then yes and how and what was your thinking on that well my thinking is they perceive him differently today yeah and well what does that what does that mean for our interactions it almost means yeah, okay like Jesus held firm despite the fact that people had differing opinions of him mm. how do we hold firm yeah, knowing okay. that 
Jesus has people have different opinions of Jesus today mm. and how does that affect how we go forward and talk to people because just like Jesus was cautious yeah. in how he went forward because people had differing opinions of him maybe there is a degree of caution as yeah. we go forward um, and assess what it you know we read the room we assess yeah. what people are thinking of Jesus and listening to that and then listen to where they're mm. coming from and what they're saying um, because the crowd is often very mixed. Mm. Yeah, and people come to Jesus with a loaded amount of precon preconceived ideas. Yes. Today and then. And then. There, there was huge expectation. There was huge mm -hmm. kind of questioning, you know, suspicion, um, lots of things going on then. And mm. same today. There's people who are you know, hugely, you know, from varying degrees, you know, of, of respect or mm -hmm. even can be bothered to even think about who he is. I mean, I think a lot of people don't even, aren't even that interested. No. Doesn't even figure. Yeah. Um, so so how do we move around the crowd? Yeah. And work out who are the people who are saying he's wonderful? And yeah, how do we cool. talk to those people? Mm. And how do we... Um, hear the people who are saying he's a fraud um, how do we talk to those people mm. how how do we allow that mm. that those differing understandings of Jesus because Jesus used his word to try and persuade uh, and goes on in the next few passages as well to try and persuade the crowd you know about who he is um, uh, and what he's there to do and that mm. was part of and it's interesting that this next bit there isn't really any miracles um, he didn't do any, you know. He didn't whip out, you know, a few loaves of bread, or, or decide to do a miraculous thing, which mm. is kind of what the brothers wanted him to do, wasn't mm. it? It's was like, well, go anyone who's worth their, you know, kind of worth it goes and takes the center stage. Mm -hmm. Jesus comes and he doesn't do any of the miraculous. No. Um, he just goes through and teaches. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting that the miracles aren't within the temple system; they aren't there. You know, he didn't use them there. No. And he uses the same tactics, the same debating, the same... You're trying to evidence himself to a certain extent. Um, uh, the only kind of... Um, the miracle, as it was, is when they say um, in verse 15, the Jewish leaders were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much yeah. when he hasn't studied everything we've studied? Mm. Um, uh, there's something miraculous. Yeah about how much Jesus knows yeah, and how much knowledge he comes with. Um, now, that's not to say that he hasn't studied. He no doubt was um, was given instruction from he yeah. was a child. Yeah, very much so. Um, but not to the extent that the Pharisees were mm. schooled. Um, the, the and he understood things knowledge. on a different level, I think. And then, yeah. so he's coming, understanding Old Testament scripture and prophecies, but speaking of it in a different way yeah and but he knows all of it yeah so he's coming with all of their knowledge yeah, okay. and more and that must have seemed uh, you know a real wow mm. to the the pharisees and the scholars how yeah. how does he know as much as we do yeah who's taught him and because they'd want to know who his teacher was yeah and that's actually and on didn't Sunday. have because that's teacher. where you yeah, got your authority did. from was who's, yeah. whose wing you are speaking under whose authority you're speaking under and he didn't have any he didn't have any authority he had the authority of god but that 
that would not work in their system. Mm. Um, Which kind of brings us on to our last point, and that's the that Jesus did speak on his own authority or God's authority. Yeah. Uh, and we use that when we, you know, the I am statements, aren't there? He's not mm-hmm. referring, and he d- it's a bit in here, but there's obviously other passages where it says, I am the light. You know, I'm the, you know, yes. this very clear I am, not God says I am or the scripture says I am or mm. um, my rabbi says I am. It's yeah. I am. I mean, that's it's probably a bit lost on us just how in a room where everyone is taking their lead from others, everyone's standing on the shoulders of other people, Jesus says, I am. Yes. It's a really Not, well, it is said according to... No, it's... You know, so-and-so. Yeah. It's, I am. So it yeah. says very firmly, um, Jesus told them, I am not teaching my own ideas, mm. but those of God who sent me. Yeah, and it's um, it's really striking, isn't it? Um, I don't think we get that. that. No. I don't. I don't really think we get this passage. I think this passage no. is so far removed from our culture that there's no shock no. Um, in it. Because you know, later he says, "I'm the light of the world." You know, that's what he's who he's claiming yeah, to be. Yeah, but that's that's a really nice statement. It's like I know I've heard that in Sunday yeah. school. I've coloured many, many <laughs> colouring sheets that have those words and a picture yeah, of a candle on them. So, so they're really sanitised to us. Rather than he's yeah. really coming in in front of people who have great authority, yeah. who have earned that authority. Yeah, within you know, a big system. So it's like us to going to fellows at, at Cambridge mm. University and, you know, showing that we know more than mm. they do. And it just Without wouldn't claiming happen. credentials or exactly. anything, just yes. I am, you know, and no. that's... Uh, and I think you're right. It's that sort of environment that he steps into. It's yeah. a legal court. It's a, you know, where there's judges and barristers. You know, in our day, yeah. and someone standing up and claiming everything for themselves. Yeah. I mean, it is incredibly striking. Um, and you're right. We, you know, we kind of it is a bit sanitised or, or or less referenced um, because we're so used to it. Mm. You know, on the light of the world. Yes. Okay. But we're not. We don't appreciate that he's saying that about himself. Yeah. Um, and in this story, it really does come up because of, mm-hmm. you know, everyone was surprised at who he was. How did he get his learning? How was he able to teach this way? You know, and he's saying, because I am. <laughs> yeah. I am hearing directly yeah. from God because I am. And that yeah. brings us to yes. just, uh, you know, a Yahweh type yeah. um, comparison. Am, Is yeah. he saying... I am, as in I am the yeah. I am. Mm. Um, I don't know. That might be stretching it a bit. A he might just am, be using, it? you know, the words I am, and that might. N- I'm not even sure of the Greek whether that translates quite like that. But he's certainly claiming mm. great authority to himself. And then, I guess it's one of the things I was thinking of is how do we claim that authority as well? And I think. I think there's a few bad examples where I hear people claiming, you know, God told me or uh, yeah, sure. this is what God says. Um, I have fewer good examples. I probably have more yeah. bad examples yeah. uh, of how I hear people talking about as if God is their, you know, personal guardian willing to do everything that they mm-hmm. say that he's going to do, whether that means uh, we were even talking about a conversation you had with someone, you know, about, you know, does he always... 
you know, I pray that he makes the traffic jam go away every morning mm-hmm. when I go down that. It's like, wow, okay, so believe that God is just there. Yeah, yeah kind of hanging around. Well, he is there. I firmly believe he is there. Um, I don't think he's my personal minion. No, if not careful, things. that's the language you use, and isn't it's, it? It's the, you know, uh, um, it's quite pagan to believe that yeah. you could get spirits to do your bidding mm. by offering certain things and mm. doing what they wanted. So we can't expect that God... It's, it goes no. back to f- months ago we talked about God is not a tame lion Yeah. Um, in the kind of character of Aslan. And I think we we need to come back to that, that God mm. is not a tame lion. And yet we see that Jesus has authority. Yeah. So he has ultimate authority. Yeah. We we have a place in his family. Mm. We come under that authority. Um, it's kind of bordering on prosperity gospel, isn't it? Yeah. It's that God wants good things for us. God always wants good things. And if we believe enough or pray enough, we'll get good things. Yeah. Which And that's the same with the traffic jam or the salary or the gift or the yeah and i'm totally guilty of it i pray constantly um for god to make my life simpler easier Mm. um without pain um and sometimes i pray about really um really simplistic situations and you think Mm. i really shouldn't be asking god for this but i'm gonna ask anyway and i kind of think actually I still think God would rather I ask. Yeah. Um. Doesn't mean I can expect or demand of Him. No. But um. But it's also about the internal journey that you go on through those prayers. Yeah. You know, because you pray because it's something that's affected you and important to you, and yeah, God wants to be part of that and involved in that. Yeah. Um. So it's not that we should be distant or, or, or not in prayer. But prayer is not a simple thing. It, you know, mm. I kind of. <laughs> you know, it's a complex thing. Yeah. You know, and. How do we get to a situation where we pray without ceasing? Well, uh, there's something about how we engage with everything in life in prayer mm. um, that's more than just a list before bed or yeah. you know, firefighting our prayers, you know, or just kind yeah. of, it's a con- it's a constant wanting to live with that relationship with God, um, which, bring, which is kind of what prayer really is pointing st- us towards. Mm. How do we create that space? You know, to um, to find ways to be mindful of who God is under the authority of Jesus. Yeah. There we go. Well, mm-hmm. we've we've gone on a bit of a journey. Did mm-hmm. it, does God change His mind? We'll let people have a think about that. The perception thing, I think, was um, was really you know clear that it's the same today that how people perceive mm-hmm. um, who Jesus is, um, and then the authority. How do we? I guess, how do we respect God's authority in our life? How do we hear from God? How do we not just wish God's authority into situations? And I think that some of the immaturity comes about with if we just pray or wish God to do what we want him to do. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't seem to work. Or best, it's kind of 50-50. Mm-hmm. It could have happened anyway. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but we still need to pray. We need yeah. to come under the authority of Jesus. We, sit under that. we need to ask his help yeah. in our daily lives. Yeah. But not necessarily that he doesn't make the traffic jam. Or that we catch the bus or... Yeah. Um, and yet, 
I don't know. Sometimes maybe God does speak mm. into those situations. Mm. It's a complex one. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll leave everyone with those um, thoughts. Thank you for listening. Uh, and we look forward to connecting again next week. Okay. God Thank bless. you very much. Bye-bye.